we've got students that are already playing all these games. Why wouldn't we bring them in and organize them and have them do it together in a place where we can build some community and a positive culture around it? And also, you know, now we've got, um, we're running athletic eligibility for everybody on my team. They have to keep their grades up if they want to be on the team and compete. Oh, so there's some really yeah. good academic benefits. And we just know that students who are a part of something in a school, you know, their academic achievement improves, their um, self-confidence and uh, mental health improves. You know, there's all these, um, you know, intrinsic and, and kind of side benefits to being a part of something. And so uh, that was really what drew me to it. I'm Nikki Herta, and this is Bright. Stories of hope and innovation in Michigan classrooms. Podcast where we celebrate our state's educators and explore the future of learning. Bright is brought to you in part by Mimic Insurance Company, ensuring the educational community for more than 70 years. Teachers and school employees visit mimic.com slash quote to see how much you can save. In today's episode of Bright, I chat with Steve Forsberg, assistant principal of Ludington High School, who also serves as their esports coach, guiding students as they compete against other teams across the state in online games like League of Legends, Mario Kart, and more. Steve offers some background information for those who aren't very familiar with esports, explains why these leagues are booming in popularity and why they're so beneficial for students, and shares his top three tips for starting an esports program at your school. All right, Steve. Well, I'm so excited to have you on the Bright Podcast today. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah. Um, so we're kicking off season three, just asking everybody. Um, first, can you tell me about the most interesting project that you're doing at your school right now? Um, me personally, uh, you know, I... I'm the assistant principal here at Ludington High School, uh, have been for six years now. And one of the um, unlikely roles that I've taken over is also as the esports coach. Um, and so despite the fact that my uh, limited video game knowledge is back from Legend of Zelda and Mario Brothers and things like that, um, I've started the program, um, got a great group of kids that are helping me really figure out the ins and outs. And, and we've been growing and we've got Oh, probably um, we've got four different varsity teams, a couple of sub varsity teams, and we also have some kids that just want to be around and want to be part of it. So they're kind of managers and scouts. And uh, so we've got at least 25, 30 kids every season that come out. <clears throat> That's so cool. When did you guys uh, start your esports programs? So we started a year ago now, but because of the way it works in Michigan with um, the Michigan High School Esports League, they do both a, uh, a spring and a fall season. So we started last spring, we played this fall, and now we're technically in our third season. So we're playing the spring season again. That's awesome. I saw, actually, I happened to see a picture on Twitter the other day, I think of your esports league. Yeah that I think MASSP shared and it looks like a lot of fun. It <laughs> like, is. It's a they're playing Smash Bros, I think. <laughs> yep. We got so. Smash, we have Smash Bros. We've got two different teams of that. Um, League of Legends, Smite. Uh, the new one this year is Mario Kart, which is super cool. We got a lot of kids excited about that. And then Rocket League, which is big around the world. So yes. it's a lot of fun. So cool. Um, 
I am not by any means a professional or very good, but I love Smash Bros. And I love, I know Overwatch is considered like yep. uh, an esports team, I guess. Yep. I like Racket League. I'm very bad. And I love Smash Bros and Mario Kart. So yeah, those are a lot speaking of speaking my language. I was like, oh, that's so cool that you can do a varsity sport, varsity sports uh, in that. Maybe yeah. I would have done sports. <laughs> I know. Well, and, and Nikki, that's the cool thing. Like we've got kids, we've got such an eclectic group of kids. So for example, one of my captains is also an all-state tennis player. Like he's, he's like the traditional athlete, but he's the captain of rocket league. And then I've got other kids that are, they would never have been involved in anything organized with their high school. And they, they're putting on the orange and black. We're getting jerseys made. Like they're excited. Uh, they get varsity letters for this. Uh, we're competing against teams all across the state. There's a state championship. We actually went and watched it in person at uh, Eastern Michigan University in the fall. It's just really cool to see kids that would otherwise not be involved in something organized with us. And now they're on they're on a team and you can see yeah. that in them. So um, I do want to ask really quick before we dive in more, just if you could tell me about a moment you vividly remember falling in love with education. <sighs> You know, when I think back, it's interesting because um, like many people, I thought I was going to be something completely different. You know, I, I was pre-med at Michigan State for a year and a semester um, and it just wasn't working out and that's fine. And I tell kids that all the time. Sometimes what you think you're going to be isn't what you're going to end up being. Um, but my, my senior year at the track banquet, my coaches stood up and said, we really think that Steve should be a teacher because he does so well coaching the younger grades and we know he's going to be this, but, and in that moment of like me questioning, should I continue to be a doctor or not? That just rang with me. And, and I kind of realized thinking back about that, I did love like through sports, coaching younger kids and doing like the rec basketball stuff. And, and I've always wanted to help people. So um, I think without knowing it, I fell in love with being in education before I ever knew I was going to be in education. Mm. Well, it certainly seems like you ended up in the right place. So that's, that's pretty cool to hear. Thank you. So today we are going to be talking about three tips for starting an esports program at your school. Um, first, I would like to pause and unpack like the why a little bit and just some sure. key terms in case someone's not familiar with esports. Um, so just for someone listening, would you mind defining what esports are, um, in case they they don't know really what that means. I know we gave examples, but that still might not mean you know yeah. a whole lot to somebody if they're not familiar. So no, Nikki, I think that's a great question because a lot of people hear esports and they think, oh, it's video games. It's kids kids playing video games. Well, it's actually so much more than that. Um, it is kids playing video games, but they're playing it on a team in a competitive atmosphere. There's communication. There's coordination. There's teamwork. There's accountability. It has all the aspects of traditional athletics and extracurriculars. It's just taking something that, and this was kind of one of the big selling points to me because I'm, I'm like a traditional athletic person. I, you know, golf, basketball, track in high school. I coached basketball and track when I was a teacher. Um, but what really hit a chord with me was we've got students that are already playing all these games. Why wouldn't we bring them in and organize them and have them do it together in a place where we can build some community and a positive yeah. culture around it? And also 
you know, now we've got, um, we're running athletic eligibility for everybody on my team. They have to keep their grades up if they want to be on the team and compete. There's some really good academic benefits. And we just know that students who are a part of something in a school, you know, their academic achievement improves, their um, self-confidence and uh, mental health improves. You know, there's all these, um, you know, intrinsic and, and kind of side benefits to being a part of something. And so, uh, that was really what drew me to it, but, um, we compete in a state league run by the Michigan association for secondary school principals, MASSP. Um, and they've started their own league called the Michigan high school esports league. They have, um, partnered with play versus, which is a company who kind of helps us collaborate together. And, um, we get on platforms, we play against schools all around the state. So like we played East Kentwood the other day, um, divine child. Uh, the nice thing is, uh, this has been kind of pandemic proof for us. So even throughout the pandemic, because it doesn't require you traveling and being face to face with anyone, we were able to do it remotely. So we didn't lose that aspect where some traditional sports lost seasons. Um, but it, but it's a lot more. And I think the other piece is that, um, for people to understand about esports is, the gaming industry is like a hundred and eighty billion with a B dollar per year industry, and there's so many more things to do than just be a professional gamer or be a game creator. So we've got some students that designed our jersey, and they're into graphic design. They could write their ticket anywhere. They're super talented. Um, some people that are into doing things like what you're doing now, which is like you know game casting and, and interviewing and broadcasting. And they're, they run uh, a streaming service for us and do all of our social media. Um, so there's a lot of connections that we've been able to kind of draw a really eclectic group of kids together. And there's some students that, yeah, they play a little bit, but really they're more there to scout the team that we're playing or to do the data on the backside. So there's just a lot of intricacies to it. It's so much more than just playing video games. Yeah. And just from, you know, having friends interested in esports and everything, like it's not going anywhere, you know, it's growing and growing and not even just as like a hobby, like people are making their careers in it, either, like you said, being a part of it or um, like actually playing the esports, but also just the industries that are building up around it. So it's really cool that like, like you said, you've got students who are getting graphic design experience that they could put on a resume to help them get an internship or, you know, or any number of things that would support any sort of, you know, um, any business, but could really be um, a place for them to like test out those skills and, um, you know, have something that they can really be proud of. Yeah. It's really I, awesome. And I think something you said about, you know, um, the future of esports, it feels like right now esports is something that we can get kids in on the ground level. It's almost like if I could go in a time machine and know about Google back in the day. Yeah. Like ser- search engines are going to be huge. When I was growing up with the internet evolving around me, I didn't know that that was going to be the big thing. Well, these kids kind of do know they're on the inside of the tent. And so having an esports program kind of legitimizes that. It exposes them to some of the like the collegiate and also some of the career opportunities that are available there. And they can then focus their energies in a place they're passionate about, but also could be really lucrative for them. And they're kind of getting in on the ground floor. You know, I mean, it's a growing industry. 
I want to say, I don't know if it was the Rocket League championships, but there was a there was an esports championship this year that had more viewership around the world than the Super Bowl. Uh, wow. It was either League of Legends or Yeah, I was going to say, either Rocket League or League of Legends, I'm sure. And, and that just kind of tells you the demographic shift going on across the world is this is going to be a big thing. It's not going anywhere. So as an educator, why not give our students opportunities to get exposed to this and to grow in that area and do it in an organized, safe way um, and build a good culture around it? Yeah. Yeah. And that argument makes a lot of sense to me because I wouldn't have, even as someone who kind of likes these, I wouldn't have thought of that intuitively you know, like, oh yeah, you should have a club at school, but your argument makes so much sense that it's like, they're doing it anyway. Students are doing it yeah. anyway at home. And, you know, there are actually, <laughs> I'm sure this is no shock to you. And I'm sure the students have told you, you know, plenty of like, not super great communities online that you can fall into in that yeah. world. You know, there's a lot of like, they call it like toxic people, yep. um, you know, and toxic chatting. And so if you can take that and turn it into like a learning experience and something that's positive and teaches you skills. And like you said, it's good for, you know, community building, mental health, uh, and can help and boost their academics by having that kind of academic eligibility requirement. Like that sounds like a, a win all around. That's brilliant, honestly. So yes, it's been nice and and just to have like I, I mentioned MASSP before and to have them spearhead it for our state. And without me being a, a part of that organization or having some exposure to it, I probably would have never thought of bringing this to our kids. Yeah. Um, and they've been so supportive along the way that I think that's the other thing. And we're going to talk about it more in a little bit, but yep. um Hopefully my example is not one that I know a lot about this or I'm great at it, but it's just that, you know, you take the leap of faith and there's a ton of support out there for you. And despite my, or in spite of my lack of knowledge and ability in the, in the gaming world, like we're able to have a pretty successful team and the kids are having a great time and it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Well, and I imagine they help out, right? Like they know, <laughs> so they know what's yeah. up. Even yeah, they know what's up. It, it's kind of, and and this is even before my day, but like back, way back in the NBA, there used to be a lot of player coaches, um, yeah. like Pete Maravich and, and people like that, you know, like that kind of that, that's what I have. You know, I'm more of like a director role. I kind of organize and administrate things and make sure, like, I know how to coach teams, like set a good culture reinforce sure. our values, have good norms, um, you know, be organized and things like that. But the kids, they, I have captains for every team. They kind of coach up. Um, they make sure I know enough to not be dangerous, you know, and, and not, know. but um, it's a really low barrier of entry for me as an adult, which is nice. Very cool. So could you tell me a story about a student who benefited by participating in esports? Yeah. Um, one one is and and I think they would have been really successful anyways, but um our sole alumni came back as my assistant coach this year and they are phenomenal. Um she's she's just a super talented young lady and um but uh seeing her grow and blossom in that role, um I just know she's gonna be really successful and it's been cool to it's kind of validating that we've created a culture that she wanted to come back and still be a part of it. And yep. she's taken on that role of being like very responsible. Um, you know, like as the assistant principal, I can't 
always be as available as I want to be. Sometimes something happens at the end of the day and and I wouldn't be there to start practice as quickly as I want to. And she's like there, she's on it. She's organized. Um, she helped organize uh, ordering the jerseys and picking the design out, out of a bunch of different ones. It's just um, seeing, seeing that connection and seeing her come back was great. Um, and then, like I said earlier, we've just got, um, I don't want to exaggerate too much, but I, I would say at least a quarter to a third of our team I know would not be involved in anything else to do with the school. They're just not like drama club people. They're not in the choir. Um, they're, they're not going out for traditional sports and being able to have them be part of a team. Um, a couple of them are my captains and they're just really shining and, and they've taken on leadership roles in that. And so it's, it's been neat to empower kids in, in something that they're really passionate about and they have a lot of knowledge and skill in. And for them to see other people appreciate them for what they're doing already. Um, it's just been really cool. That's pretty cool. And I, you know, maybe have more uh, excitement and empathy for it because I was in like, I was in marching band. So I was like a band nerd, you know? Yeah. And I just think about like, so I was like, I got, I was drum major when I was in high school. That's awesome. And that That's was a big like, deal. It was, if, you know, for me, it really was because I was shy, <laughs> like before that. So I was like shocked to even, you know, have that opportunity. But like, I think about the leadership that taught me, you know, when I would definitely have not have gotten that elsewhere, right? Um, just based on, you know, the fact that I didn't really do any other clubs or sports or school. So I can imagine like you've expanded the opportunities for like, you know, you have the example of your assistant coach. I don't know, maybe she would have done something else, but you said that there's a lot of other kids in the program that might not have done something through school at least. Yeah. Um, and so then they're getting all these growth opportunities and leadership opportunities with their peers that really can change your life, you know, and transform, you know, your self-confidence. So that is, that's powerful. I don't know. Um, you mentioned that esports are rising dramatically um, in popularity, you know, around the world. But I'm wondering, um, you know, just in terms of like Michigan schools, do you have a sense for like, so how how big is this? Like how how far has it spread so far, like in Michigan? Like how many leagues are there? Um, yeah, well, and, and I'll speak mainly to the, the Michigan High School Esports League that we're a part yeah. of. Um, having it, it started, I think, two to three years ago. We weren't in on the initial fall season, but we got in on that spring season, I think the first year. Um, Play versus the group that we work with has said we are one of the fastest growing states in the nation. There's other states that are really well positioned because they've been in the game a little longer, like Georgia is the model for a lot of places. They they actually, the, the, the MHSAA of Georgia, so like their athletic association runs it and has taken it over and it's a big deal. Um, but we are growing to the point where we now have, I think we have like up to three schools in the upper peninsula, um, Mackinac, I think Mackinac Island or Mackinac city is competing. Um, so it's really cool because the remote schools, they don't have the travel barrier. Oh Um, yeah. So so like, you know, a UP school would have to get on a bus or maybe get on a plane to go play eight hours or something, depending on where it is. Yeah. And they can compete right from home with people all around the state. Um, so that's been cool, but uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know yeah. that we are 
we have over 120 separate teams. And I think we're in like 53 schools around the state. Um, so it's, it's really cool um, just to see it grow. And like I said, we, we've gone to the state championship. They did the first in-person state championship at uh, Eastern Michigan University in the fall. Yeah. And to go there and see not only the schools that were competing, but a bunch of schools just went to watch it like it was at the Breslin Center for the basketball or whatever. You know, it's just cool to have that vibe around esports now where you can go as a spectator and watch the top teams in the state compete. Um, so it's just, it's growing dramatically. We're, we're really hopeful to continue to grow it here in Michigan. And, uh, and it's just really cool to be a part of. I'm Nikki Herta, and you're listening to Bright. Stories of hope and innovation in Michigan classrooms. Bright is brought to you in part by Mimic Insurance Company, insuring the educational community for more than 70 years. Teachers and school employees, visit mimic.com quote to see how much you can save. Today, I'm chatting with Steve Forsberg, assistant principal of Ludington High School, who also serves as their esports coach. Up next, we dive into Steve's top three tips for starting an esports program at your school. All right. Are you ready to dig into your top three tips for starting an esports program at your school? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. Want to kick us off with number one? Yeah. So uh, tip number one is you don't need prior uh, or current gaming or esports knowledge to get a program going. Um, like I said earlier, I honestly haven't played a video game in I don't know how many years. I used to play with my younger brother, like Legend of Zelda back in the day and Super Mario Brothers um, on the old school Nintendo. but I didn't need any gaming knowledge to get the program going. And I really don't have that much more now that I'm a coach. I know a little bit of the lingo that the kids say, um, but there's still stuff they talk about that I really don't understand. And that's okay. Um, the biggest thing is like, especially as an assistant principal, but as an educator in general, you want to create opportunities to have positive interactions with kids. Like that's kind of what fills our cups up as an educators. Um, so in my role, it's really nice to kind of engineer those opportunities. Um, and creating this team was kind of that for me. And then I knew there was enough interest for the kids. Um, and uh, MASSP and the Michigan High School Esports League made it so easy. They had templates for parent letters. Uh, Play Versus came in with like all this information on esports in general that I used in my parent meetings um, and letters home. And, and they had interest surveys that I could use with kids to see who might be my oh. target audience. I mean, they supplied me with so much stuff that it was really, really easy to get it going once I decided. And I, and it helped me also pitch it by, you know, I had to go to the superintendent and say, Hey, this is a worthwhile investment in our kids. Um, and so there were a lot of things that helped me get past some of the obstacles that would have uh, presented themselves out there. But I think the one obstacle that I'd love to clear away for people is you don't have to have any prior knowledge and you don't really have to have any skill in video games. You just got to want to connect with kids and give them opportunities to, to have fun together and create a culture. Mm. I imagine that's really helpful to hear if you're, cause I could see it being a little like intimidating as an educator, like, Oh, that sounds cool, but I don't know anything about that. So um, I appreciate you sharing that reassurance with listeners. Um, yeah. I was wondering, you know, do you have any examples of like lingo that you've learned by doing this? 
Oh gosh. Like, uh, my league of legends team, they just like, it's stream of consciousness for them. They're just like flowing during the game and they're like, Hey, my ADC is out of position and I need support down here. We're going bot lane. Uh, what, who's in mid and they're saying all these characters and I'm just like struggling to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thankfully my assistant coach who I talked about earlier, uh, she's the, she's our former varsity, uh, league of legends player. So I'm like, what are they talking about coach? And she's like, Oh, you know, they're saying this and that she kind of is like my translator. Um, but there's just, there's so many little nuances. It's cool because, you know, you, you get to a certain point in your education career and you're like, man, you know, you know, so much more than the kids in your core content area, whatever you're teaching. Um, this is an opportunity for me to be a learner again. Mm -hmm. The kids actually know more, way more than I probably ever will about this. And I'm always learning new stuff. And that's kind of what attracted a lot of us to education in the first place is we're just voracious learners. Um, so I'm very open and honest with the kids. I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to help you do what you want to do. I'm going to empower you. Um, and so it's just kind of neat. It's cool. Mm. I, I got to imagine, too, like as an educator, it's fun, you know, even in a way just to see them like talking over your head about this game, you know, like and but also just to see how excited they are. I assume, you know, if they score a goal against their opposing team or whatever, you know, depending on what game it is. But, you know, if yeah. they score a victory, just that excitement, it's got to be contagious. Oh, yeah. They're high five. And even when we were like virtual, they'd be like screen fist bumping each other yep. and stuff. You know, it's just they're they're super excited and it's fun. And like I said, they're doing this. They're doing this at home anyways. So now they get to do it for the team. They're going against other teams. There's kind of some fun rivalries. Uh, us in uh, Northville down cool. south. Like we've got yeah. a cool rivalry, but there's also some really cool friendships that they've created with some of the players on the team. Um, and it's kids they never would have met otherwise. So, uh, it's just a neat thing to be a part of and see them go through and, and kind of help them, help them access. That gave me goosebumps. I don't know. Just like, I think that's so cool. Like they, like you said, um, you know, not all these kids might've been involved. They might've just been doing this on their own or probably would have been. And so, yeah. and then, but they met somebody some other students from across the state and had that experience so that is that's that's awesome but i imagine it's also like you know relying and fostering the growth of the of the students too um that fills in some of that those knowledge gaps is that accurate yeah, yeah that's i i have a captain system that i've kind of developed and i've stole from some other people and so i've got at least one senior captain and one under class captain um yeah. So one of my captains is always a senior. One of them is either a freshman through a junior. Um, and that way we kind of have like a, a tradition of leadership going through that always kind of comes up. Um, and they take on certain roles of like helping me communicate, making sure the team's organized, making sure everyone's going to be there on time. Um, just some of the accountability pieces. But also they help me fill in that knowledge gap. Like I'll go to them and say, look, uh, I'm going to make the end decision because I'm the coach, but tell me like, who's doing well, who's not, what do we need to talk to them about? And I kind of help them allow me to have the knowledge to, to have some of those coaching conversations. Um, sometimes if they're comfortable sitting in with me, I let them do that with me, which is a cool kind of growing opportunity. Um, you know, put them in some situations where they get to lead and they get to manage other people. And that's something that, you know, if you're going to be successful in your life and in your career, you got to be comfortable, you know, having those conversations with people, doing it in a positive way. So it builds the team up. Um, for versus, you know, having conflict or like you said, being toxic, 
um, yeah. which is what which is what sometimes would happen online with them. So now they're, you know, in a supported way, we're doing things in a positive way that makes us better and grow as a team. And so it's it's nice to have those captains that really kind of fill the gaps for me in the knowledge base that I'm lacking. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, you want to lead us into your second tip? Yeah. So number two is uh, just empower the students to help you start and grow that um, esports program. And that's something that we just kind of talked about with the with the player coaches. But, um, you know, we've got a bunch of different roles. It's like any other team. Um, they help me fundraise. Uh, we go out in the community and we do community things. Um, we did a monster bash with uh, WMOM 102.7, which is one of our like sponsors and partners here in town. They're the hometown radio station. And we help them put on this community um, Halloween extravaganza that they do every year. And so it was a cool fundraiser for us, but it also got us out in the community and show off the esports team. Um, And, and, you know, I just rely on the kids a lot to help do a lot of that stuff. I don't know how to stream. They do. Um, I don't know the games they do. So, uh, you know, let them help you start it and help grow it. Honestly, when I first put out the interest survey survey that I got from um, MASSP, I had over 50 kids that said they were interested. For a school of 700, that's a pretty significant percentage of kids. Um, and not all of them ended up hanging on, and some of them go in from one season to the next, depending on other things they might do. But you know, we're probably impacting 40 to 50 kids throughout the year. Um, and so the interest is out there. So don't be afraid to reach out, get a core group of kids that you think are interested, have them help you kind of grow it, um, and plan some things. Um, and so it's, it's just neat to see that piece of it because these kids really want that. And as soon as they get that piece of, Hey, we're a team, Hey, we're legitimate, you know, we're on the morning announcements, you know, we we're like, we're out there in the community, we're out there in the schools and they think it's really cool. And they just kind of, they soak that up and, um, and they'll go, I mean, I, I got kids that I didn't know a year ago and, uh, they'd run through the brick wall for you now because you've got that connection with them. So it's just really, really cool, powerful stuff. It's, it's why we, it's why we in education do what we do. So it's a neat opportunity. If you don't have an esports program in your school, this is something that you could take advantage of as an educator and really create and foster that for some kids and for yourself. Very cool. Um, so it sounds like it was pretty clear after you sent that interest survey that there was a really good amount of student interest. Were you pretty surprised by that? Pleasantly surprised or? I, I knew I had had some kids. Um, like when I first heard about this was through MSSP and, and Play Versus came and did a little presentation to us. Um, and they were kind of trying to get it off the ground. And I, I heard about it and I thought about it and we didn't do the fall league, but I grabbed a couple of kids that I knew were interested and said, Hey, what do you guys, what do y'all think? You know, would, would this go Would this work? And they said, yeah, yeah, Mr. Forsberg, it would like, let's see how many people there are. And when I put the survey out, I was a little overwhelmed, um, in a good way. Uh, but it was, it was just easier to find kids that want to do it than I ever thought it would be. Um, and like you said, there's a little bit of attrition there, but you know, to have 25, 30 kids every single season that can make it happen and prioritize it. Um, and it's nice because it's something we can be flexible with. I had some students that they still played tennis and did esports. They were swimmers mm-hmm. and they did esports. 
They were in the musical. They did Les Miserables, which is a huge production, and they could still be a part of the esports team. So you can make it more flexible. You kind of got to, I think the one thing that I forced myself to do is you can't quite treat it like traditional athletics. Like the idea of, hey, practice every day, two hours a day. If you're not there, you're not on the team. That doesn't really fit um, yep. for esports and for the population you're going after. Um, so even if a kid can make it one day out of the week, like, hey, you're on the team. We want you. Yeah. you know, we, we want the one day we get you. Um, if you can make it all, you know, we, we do three days of in-person practice. If you can make it all three days, great. You know, it's, it's just, um, it's been more flexible and, and the kids, like I said, just empowering them to kind of help me figure out what works and what doesn't uh, has been a key to the team's success. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what kind of reception have you gotten like with the, with parents? And with uh, the community? We haven't got to the point where we have a lot of in-person spectators or like big events, but uh, that's something that uh, the Michigan High School Esports League is pushing towards with MASSP is to try and like maybe have some regional in-person events. They've gone to the in-person state championships. So, uh, and I think this spring we're going to be at Oakland University. Um, so it's just cool to go to some different venues and stuff, but, um, you know, like finding the sponsorship with WMOM here in town was great. They were so excited to be a part of our, a part of the program and support the program. So it's been a really warm reception. Um, that's probably one of our goals in the seasons moving forward is like really get our social media presence going, really get out in the community even more. Um, because we've got a, we got a really positive thing going on here the group of kids is amazing, just phenomenal. Um, so the more opportunities we have to, to showcase them, the better. Super cool. All right. Want to give us your third tip? Yeah. So um, my third tip would be connect with Michigan High School Esports League, connect with uh, the Michigan Association for Secondary School Principals. They're the ones that have sponsored the league and are supporting it. Um, and uh, Play Versus, our partner uh, with the esports, um, they will give you everything you need and all the supports possible. Uh, Ryan Casey at MASSP and Maggie Helmer, uh, they kind of partner to lead the esports um, push on their end. They're phenomenal folks. They are just passionate about esports and getting kids into things and involved in stuff. So, like questions, needs, um, obstacles, concerns. Um, reach out to them. They're going to help you get it going. They're going to help you convince your superintendent. Um, they'll help you talk to your principal because they're probably a member of MASSP. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the cool thing is, is they're, they've gotten such a strong response at the high school level that their goal next year is to start down in middle school having some things. Ooh. It'll just be cool because I've seen the positive impact for our kids. I really believe in it. And the more students that we can get involved in something, I just think the better outcomes for our kids, the better outcomes for our community and our state and our, and, our, and the, really the world. So um, just connect with folks. Um, honestly, you know, connect with me. I'm happy to talk to anybody and, hey, you know, call me up, email me. Hey, Steve, I want to do this, but I don't know what to do. Great. I was there once. Like, um, we can help you out. And I've got other, other contacts all around the state someone that probably is very near to you in your local area that is doing esports already will connect you with someone that's close to you too and say, Hey, um, you know, they'll help you figure it out. We'll, we'll walk through it together and grow this movement for kids. 
let's say it's a student who's interested in esports, right? So like maybe, you know, either administration isn't, oh, maybe just not even aware or like not quite on board yet, but there's a student who's like, hey, I really want to start an esports league at, at my school. Like, I think that would be so cool. What advice would you, you know, give that student or that family, you know, in terms of like trying to get that started? Um, that, that, I think that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, I would say most students have a trusted adult in the building, someone they know they can go to or someone that they just connect with better than maybe other adults. Um, find one of those trusted adults, go and have a conversation with them and just say, hey, I really think this esports thing would be cool. How might we be able to make that happen? Not that that person's going to be your coach or your advisor or sponsor or whatever, but like, how might I bring this to administration? How might I talk to the assistant principal or the principal about it? Um, talk to other club leaders and say, hey, how do you get a club going? Uh, most schools, you know, they have a process for starting a club um, and it could be, you know, find one person to be your sponsor, your advisor, and then uh, get some kids around. A lot of places say, hey, if you've got five kids and an advisor, you're a club, go. Um, so it doesn't have to start big. You don't have to have 25 players right away. Um, even if you have enough to field a rocket league team, which is three people, you can be in the league. You don't have to have the full, um, the full, you know, four or five teams. We sometimes, some years we don't compete in a certain sport because there's not enough interest there. That's okay. Um, you could be a one, a one team or a one kind of game team and that's fine. Um, but I would say, you know, connect with an adult that you trust, um, have a conversation, help them, have them help you move it forward. Um, go to your administration. I know sometimes like, Hey, I'm the assistant principal. I have to give out tardies and detentions sometimes. And I think people think I'm a big, scary guy. Your administrators are not like they, they're in this because they, care about kids and they want you to have fun and do well and be successful in school. If you've got an idea that you think will help you be successful and, and have a good experience in school, go talk to them about it. Schedule a time with the secretary. Say, Hey, when can I talk to Mrs. or Mr. So-and-so? Um, I think being brave enough to do that and start the conversation is, is really great advice for students. Really awesome. Any other advice that you would give, I guess, on the flip side of that, you know, to a school? So a student comes to you and says, um, they come to somebody and says, we want to start this off. Um, do you have any advice that you'd give to like, you know, the, the educators or school leaders who are receiving that inquiry? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously as school leaders and educators, we want to create opportunities for kids, but there's always like the real world side of it of, um, Hey, uh, gaming computers cost a lot of money or like financially, how can we do mm -hmm. this? Um, uh, can we afford to pay another coach? Um, things like that. If you look at it, uh, from a lens of how much it costs you to run a volleyball team every year or to run the tennis or golf team or the football team. Um, I think you would find that if you really did a cost analysis of esports versus traditional sports, it's very cost effective way to get students involved in something positive. So I know as like an administrator or thinking about like central business personnel who, you know, their job is to think of the big picture and dollars and cents sometimes and things like that. Um, I think it's actually a cost-effective way to get kids involved. 
There are tons of sponsorships. I think about it a lot like uh, First Robotics. That is a very intensive, resource expensive thing to do to build a robot and go compete around the state and around the nation and the world. There are so many sponsors too. Um, so uh, anyone who wants to start an esports team, go get out in your community and let them know hey, I want to start an esports team. I have 50 kids interested. Um, by the way, that's at least 100 parents that do business in the community. We'd love to associate you with being a supporter of our program. You would be so surprised how many people are like, yes, I want in. Um, I've got a colleague in Bay City, Andy Kowalczyk, who he's the coach there. He's the assistant principal there. They did jerseys with like sponsors all over them, like the pros did. Cool. They've got people competing for prime real estate on their right and left arms and things. Wow. So. <laughs> Just a neat anecdote that you will be so surprised. Um, all those real world barriers that, you know, like your, your superintendent should ask you, hey, what's this going to cost? Well, again, the people at MSSP can help you with kind of breaking that down and having a good pre presentation for them. Um, but it's not really a big cost and people will help you get what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, it might draw out like a different set of sponsors than traditional sports might, because you just never know who's like really into that. There could be somebody who's, you know, adults, there's plenty of adults that also like esports. There could be somebody yeah. in the community that's like an avid rocket league player on the side of being a lawyer. I mean, who knows, yeah, you know, exactly. like the kind of connections that, that might exist that just might not, you know, like, the person might not have any contact with traditional sports, but they'd be like, oh yeah, I'll support that. You know, I want to be involved. So yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. So very cool. Um, all right. I've got one last question for you. If you all right. Time. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell me about a teacher who had a positive impact on your life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, both my, and I, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, both my track coaches, uh, Doc Johnson um, and Mr. Erickson, Jim Erickson, um, they're the ones that kind of saw in me the potential to be an educator. Oh. Um, and and I, it, it's it's sad in a way because I've since lost connection with them. I, I, you know, I, I think they're still around home. I think Doc might be in Arizona now, but, um, you know, if, if they watch this or someone that knows them watch this, just you know, they're probably the reason why I'm in education. And, um, and I just thank them for what they did for me along the way, um, believing in me and kind of giving me that spark, uh, to think back, you know, my sophomore year in college to think, man, you know, doc and Mr. E really, really thought I should try this. Maybe I should try that. And, uh, you know, not that, not that I'm the greatest educator ever, but to know that I've had a positive impact on other people and the ripple effect that they created in me. And hopefully I create in other people. Um, it's kind of why we do what we do. And, and so thank you, Doc and E, if you're, you guys are out there or someone sends this to them, uh, I really appreciate that. Without a doubt, it's challenging work to start a brand new esports program at your school. But with leaders like Steve forging our path forward, if there's one thing we're certain of, it's that the future is bright. Our team at Michigan Virtual is working with MASSP, Michigan Association for Secondary School Principals, to build an online esports summer program for students. If that sounds interesting to you, 
You can fill out a form to stay up to date on our latest online summer programs at michiganvirtual.org summer. Do you know someone who's an inspiring Michigan educator who should be featured on our show? Send us an email at bright at michiganvirtual.org to let us know who they are and why we should interview them. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Bright, stories of hope and innovation in Michigan classrooms. This podcast is produced by Herbie Gaylord, is hosted by me, Nikki Herta, and is shaped by many of our passionate and talented colleagues. Big thanks to Ken Durkin, Holly Bolesky, Terrence Wilkerson, Anna Boyer, Sarah Hill, and Brandon Batista for their contributions to this episode. Bright is brought to you in part by Mimic Insurance Company, ensuring the educational community for more than 70 years. Teachers and school employees visit mimic.com quote to see how much you can save. The Bright Podcast is made possible by Michigan Virtual, a nonprofit organization that's leading and collaborating to build learning environments for tomorrow. Education is changing faster than ever. Discover new models and resources to move learning forward at your school at michiganvirtual.org.